The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Hello, everybody. It is Friday, July 15th, 2022. It is indeed a heck of a morning. We are live on the MMA Fighting Twitter spaces. And shortly thereafter, this entire program will be on the MMA Fighting Podcasting Network. I am Mike Heck. Thank you for joining us. A lot going on in the world of MMA and combat sports. We just wrapped UFC Long Island morning weigh-ins, the official weigh-ins, all 24 fighters stepped onto the scale, all 24 fighters successfully made weight, Amanda Lemos was the final fighter to step on the scale, she needed the box of redemption to get it done, and she did, so her fight with Michelle Watterson, the strawweight co-main event is official, as are the other 11 fights on the card, the main event, Yaya Rodriguez, Taking on Brian Ortega. That's a big one at 145 pounds. The event has some fun fights, some interesting storylines, stakes in a few of these fights. And it's early, early day MMA, which I can appreciate. I love that. I love how the prelims start at 11 a.m. Eastern. Main card starts at 2 p.m. Eastern. So the East Coast is going to be a little bit spoiled. Next week, East Coast is going to be pretty spoiled as well because of the UFC London card. I believe it's almost the same times. I think it's pushed back an hour. The prelims are at noon Eastern, main card at 3 p.m. Eastern, but then things will go back to normal with uh, UFC 277 and beyond. So this is Friday. It means it's a weekly holiday here on the program. It means it's a free-for-all Friday. We can talk MMA. We can talk whatever you want to talk about, and we're just going to take your calls the entire time, probably for the next hour or so. So let's get on in. We got a bunch of people waiting, so let's kick things off with my man, 
Mayonnaise Face McFlanagan. What's what up, up buddy? Mike? Can you hear me okay? Yes, sir. I'm going to take full advantage of Free For All Friday and ask a question I think you might have an answer to. As uh, I have an 18-month-old, and I know you're a father yourself, so what do you think is something that that makes a good father? You know, what have you seen? What have you done? I'd love some tips. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, uh, what a way to start the show. That is such a loaded question. Um, you just be there, man. I mean, that's that's really it. Whether it's a a pat on the back or a kick in the butt. That's what a, what a good dad does. So I am personally very excited today because my son has gotten into golf, enjoys golf. He enjoys the camaraderie of golf, uh, especially because he takes like a group lesson with kids his age and he really enjoys that. But today uh, at around 530 Eastern, I am going to take him out on the golf course. Uh, normally, we spend our Saturday mornings out on the range and we just smash golf balls and we have a good time. We're actually going to play nine holes today. First time. We're going to take him out, play nine holes. He does. So I'm very excited about that. Uh, I am actually like a little emotional thinking about it because it's a very cool moment. It's one of those things like when my when I thought I was having a boy, one of the things I really wanted to do was I can't wait for the first time I get to actually like go out and play around a golf with them. And we're going to do that later on today after the preview show and everything else. So, yeah, you just do there. You, you just be there. I mean – you be there, you take an interest, you hang out with them uh, or her, whoever it may be, and you just be there. Like I said, whether it's a pat in the back, kick in the pants, you be there for all those things. You know, sometimes the conversations aren't great. Sometimes they're fantastic. Sometimes they're memorable. And sometimes you have to discipline and, and yell a little bit. But it's just the way, uh, it's the, way the cookie crumbles. But, yeah, being a parent is the best. It's just the best. All right, I'm a man of my word. Ani, you were left on deck yesterday, so you get you get skipped to the front of the line. What's up? Hello. Can you hear me? Hello. Yes, I can. How are you? Hi, Mike. How are you? Thank you so much for uh, allowing me to talk. Sure. Yes. So let me start off with what we were talking about yesterday. You were talking about you know, whole, the whole Nate Diaz fiasco and whatnot, right? So the US, UFC was trying to book uh, Nate Diaz versus uh, Kamsat Chimaev. First, I do not understand how does Kamsat Chimaev get any more shine than he already got from his uh, fight of the year candidate with uh, Gilbert Burns, right? So this does, I mean, if you ask me, I am more interested to see Kamsat versus Colby than Kamsat versus... Uh, Nate Diaz, and I think his fight with Colby sells more. So I, I don't really understand why does uh, UFC want to book. But this was a question that you had yesterday as well. So my answer to that is, I think UFC just wants to get a return on investment for the investment they actually made on Nate Diaz, if that actually makes sense. So taking everything from Nate Diaz and giving it to Kamza, that's what they're looking at. That was one thing. And another thing that I want to talk about, uh, completely switching gears, is, um, you know, Ariel, he says open scoring, but I have another solution to judging. So whenever there is a split decision, why can't the judge who gave a dissenting decision 
write about like you know four or five lines or a paragraph explaining as to why did he score that round or you know why did he score the fight to the other fighter because if you go and ask Saldi Mato right now as to why did he score the fourth round of Calvin Cater versus Josh Emmett to Josh Emmett I'm pretty sure he will have no answer so if judges can at least write something and post it along with the scorecards like you know just the way the scorecards are uh, published online if the judges explanation is also posted over there i think the explanation can be used to educate you know the judges or whenever these seminars happen what do you think of that yeah i mean the the judging thing is is a topic and will continue to be a topic for a long time i would love for the judges to be cuz listen I have, since the pandemic, since I got to MMA fighting, we do, especially after the pay-per-views, we will live stream the press conference. Casey and I will will chit-chat and take questions as we wait for the fighters, Dana White or whoever, to step up to the table and answer the questions from the media. And during those pay-per-views, it takes an awful long time for each fighter to come up, especially the main event fighter. So the amount of time between... You know, the winner of the featured bout to like the time Israel Adesanya comes up. It's, it's, I mean, it feels like five hours sometimes. Wouldn't it be nice to bring a couple of the judges up, maybe a referee up to have them sit down and ask them questions about how they came to some of these conclusions? Like, we're not going to have all of them come up, but if there's a dissenting judge, Chris Lee, for example, from the Calvin Cater fight, I'd love to ask Chris Lee what he saw there. So at least like we get to understand what he, what he was seeing now I understand judging is tough and I understand that what we see on TV the judges don't really get those views they sit in their seats and whatever angle they're at that's how they have to view the fight it's not like they have monitors it's not like they're listening to the commentary it's none of that they have to just judge they're sitting so there could be certain, be certain rounds where a fight takes place on the complete opposite side of the cage from where they're sitting and they have a hard time seeing it so you have to just sort of go by what you see. So I'll give them benefit of the doubt in that regard. But I mean, yeah, it's a problem. And I honestly think outside of open scoring and all this other stuff, I think if we just change the whole wind show payout structure, we're going to have less complaints about robberies and things like that. If we stop this whole, like, you look at Michael Johnson and the type of fight that this man had and the type of wars that this man has had has another one with Jamie Malarkey. Most people felt he won that fight. Michael Johnson felt he won that fight. A lot of the fighters, his colleagues, constituents, what have you, all felt he won that fight. Fellow coaches, all of them. Like a lot of, many people felt Michael Johnson won that fight. Now had Michael Johnson fee and got all of the money that he could have gotten on top of the $50,000 bonus that he would have received as well, we would have been like, eh, that's just, it's a little questionable. It's a little sus, as the as my kid likes to say. But I think we'd feel a little bit better about things. So while I think open scoring would be interesting at certain points, I don't necessarily care. I don't think that's a that's going to fix it. I think it's just going to make us complain more about judging because we get to actually do it every round as opposed to one time after we hear the scorecards being read and get to see the actual cards. Now we get to see them in live time and we're just going to spend our time on Twitter. Like what the hell is this guy? Th- 
terrible scorecard. So to me, I think that changes a lot of things. I think we will complain less. And I think we'll be like, you know what? I don't agree with you, but at least Michael Johnson got all the money he was supposed to get. So maybe we feel a little bit better about that. As far as the Nate Diaz thing, here's this thing that I keep hearing and it dry and it's it's kind of silly. Nate, why are we talking Nate being a hypocrite? Because Nate wants to get out, but the UFC is offering him all these fights and he keeps turning them down. That's just not at all true. Did he turn down the Shamaya fight in October because he didn't want to go to Abu Dhabi and the UFC knew he wasn't going to take that fight? Yeah, that's what happened. But the UFC hasn't really offered him anything since. You know what I mean? Like, he wants to fight. He's yelling out, give me a fight. I will literally fight anybody. So, and they're not offering him fights. They haven't offered him a fight in a while. So, I mean, th- that whole thing is, oh, Nate is turning on every single fight the UFC has offered him. That is not true at all. Uh, it's just not true. <laughs> it's just not. And if they offered him Shemayev now, he would take it. And I understand your question about, Colby being the bigger fight, being the more interesting fight. Yeah, you're probably right about that, but this it's the pro wrestling world, man. It's it's the world of pro wrestling. A lot of what the UFC does, a lot of what the sport is all about comes from the root professional wrestling where if a big star is on his way out to other things, we're going to use his name and use his star power to put over somebody else. Whether the guy is already a big star and we can make him a bigger star or it's a guy we think could be a star, but he's not quite there yet. We're going to use... We're going to like Diaz, Diaz Shemaev would be, would be a right fight. Like Diaz Rachmanov would be not like all that aesthetically. We'd be like, oh my God, Nate's going to fight Shafkat Rachmanov. That sucks. But at the same token, a win over Nate Diaz in today's day and age, especially with a casual audience does a lot. It makes a big impact. It really does. So it's just giving the guy the rub, but who 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 knows? I don't know how this is all going to play out. I literally have no clue. Hopefully, Nate will get his fight, and he can then decide what he wants to do. But who knows? Maybe maybe Nate goes out and explores other avenues and realizes, hey, maybe the grass isn't as green over here as I thought it was going to be, and maybe he comes back. But why not just like let him go now? Like just give him his fight, let him go, and then maybe he does come back. Maybe. Maybe he feels better about it. I, I just don't understand why the UFC has to play it like this, but it is what it is, and it's dumb. Another one who was left hanging yesterday. Let's go to Swap A7X. Swap, are you there? I'm good. How are you? Uh, good. Uh, okay, so I would like to ask you a one question. Uh, like, are there any current MMA fighters that you think would benefit to turning heel? Honestly, I think um, Valentina would be a good heel. Uh, what do you say? Can, can you say that one more time? I'm sorry. Okay, so my question is are there any current MMA fighters that you think would benefit to turning heel? Like, I think the Valentina uh, would be a good heel. Oh, okay. All right. Wow, I, I like that question. What what current MMA fighter would benefit from turning heel? Uh, yeah, dude. Can you imagine heel Valentina Shevchenko? Wow, that would be awesome. I think that's. I think you nailed it. I think that's that's the answer. That's the answer. Heel Valentina would be fun. And we saw like 
we see little glo- we were just talking about this on the weigh-in show that so, like Valentino with the chip on her shoulder that's a that's a scary woman that's a scary woman because she had that chip on her shoulder when she fought Jessica Andrade and she cut kind of like heelish promo or at least like a more confident promo than we typically see from a very humble Valentina Shevchenko and she was just like you thought this you thought this is the woman who was going to give me the toughest test of my career look what I just did to her look what I just especially at this point in her career she's coming off the the tough fight with Tyler Santos and we it's it's the way it's it's this type of sport where I mean, if you just if Valentina just doesn't go out and flatline somebody, oh, she's overrated. Oh, maybe the division's that not, not that good. Oh, Valentina's benefited from a weak division. All wrong, by the way. All wrong. She's just she's just that good. It's so hard to be on point every single time you fight, especially when you're the champion. Everybody's gunning for you. Even when they're not fighting you, they're gunning for you. Casey O'Neill, Manon Fioro, Macy Barber. Miranda Maverick, Aaron Blanchfield, all of these fighters that are coming up in her division, they're preparing for their opponents, but they're also preparing for Valentina. They're already watching film on Valentina. They're studying. They're not overlooking their opponents, but they're already looking at Valentina. When that time comes, they are as ready as they can be. And it is so difficult to be a champion and just continuously defend your title over and over and over again. That's why some of these records... Demetrius Johnson, Anderson Silva, all those title defenses. That is such a ridiculous record. That I mean, just such a ridiculous record. I just don't know. Maybe we'll have a time where there's a champion that continuously defends their title and, and takes over those names. I don't know if it happens, honestly. This might be the sort of Joe DiMaggio 56-game hitting streak type of record that's just going to be really hard to break. I mean, it's just so hard, especially with the evolution of the sport, to just continue to be near perfect every single time. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And new customers to DraftKings can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Let's go to Fab. Hello, Fab. Good, how are you, my man? Good, good, man. Just wanted to ask a couple of questions here. Um, main one, Southern Heat, uh, next Saturday in Columbia, South Carolina. You going to be there? What's at the uh, XMMA? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of, uh, uh, you know, vets on there, man. Very good card. Big arena. So, uh, I will not be there. Uh, the reason why is uh, I have to fly home to Boston. Uh, I have to go to a funeral oh, sorry, next yeah, weekend. Man. So, that's why. It's all good. That That's that's why I will not be there. Got you. Got you. Okay, okay. Me, I know how I had asked you last week about kind of breaking in the industry, man. And I'm not going to give it a go with this card, but. Did you find like with the regional cards that it was it was hard to get press credentials or that type of access to to kind of just launch your career in in journalism? Um not really. I, I mean I think some of these regional cards, like even even the XMMAs of the world, um and, and some of the others, they're pretty loose with who they credential. Like even even Bellator probably credentialed me a lot sooner than they probably should have it for being honest uh, before I learned the ropes, if you will. But a lot of these promotions, they, they, they will give everybody an opportunity. It's just what you do with that opportunity. Like you have to actually do stuff and do work. And like in the UFC, when I first got getting UFC credentials, very, very hard. I mean, really hard. And then they would give like the be- the best shit. Like I got credentialed early on at the UFC because I worked for a radio station. So if the UFC went to Albany, I would apply for credentials like through the radio station that I worked and they would give them to me. But if I applied for UFC credentials going through like one of the websites that I wrote for, they would turn me down. It's weird how they do that. They want sort of a, a, a more local presence than anything else. Uh, especially if you're a, a local news station or a TV station or radio station, they will certainly do that. Now, as the years have progressed, the UFC, I, I feel, sort of loosened up the credential process. Like, they're still very they're still very tight when it comes to who gets them. But there are certain ones where, especially if you watch some of the press conferences, you're like, how did this person get credentialed when they're asking that question? Like, there are certain voices that I hear, hear where I'm just like, oh, boy. Like, this isn't going to be good. And I feel like they've kind of cracked back down a little bit because here's the thing. If you do get credentials, especially if you get UFC credentials, if your main objective is to go to a press conference and get on television and just hear your voice, then don't even apply. It's just a waste of time. Don't do that. There are people who have applied and gotten credentials that go to UFC cards that don't even bring cameras. They don't even bring equipment. They just go so they can hear themselves talk. And they don't actually write anything or record anything or post anything at all. And when the UFC figures that out, they're like, uh, what are you actually doing here? What, what, what are you doing? Why are you here? You're not helping us at all. You're not doing anything to promote this card. You're promoting just you. And when you become the focus of everything, that is, that's a problem. That's a problem. You should never be above the promotion or the fighters or the storylines that go into these cards, it should never be about you. It should never be about you. And 
sometimes journalists have to learn that the hard way. So that's probably like my best piece of advice. If you get credentialed, make sure you do work, make sure you post things, make sure you, make sure you, when the next time rolls around and a card comes to your area, make sure that they will bring you back. Like you just going there to sit, you're just going there. I, I've actually covered events where some of the people who are credentialed, like will just sit cage side and drink beers. Like they just drink, they would have beers and like mixed cocktails at the tape at the media table with no laptop in front of them. They would just sit there and drink and eat and watch the card and do nothing. Like you can't do that. Don't do that. Go there, be ready to work, try to do interviews, try to get content within the promotional guidelines, of course. And yeah, use that, especially like the regional ones, like use that to try different things you've always wanted to try. That's how I do it. But if you're just going to go there just to get free, basically a good seat for free to cut to, to an event, don't do that. Don't do that. Let's go to Mikey. Mikey, what's up, man? Good morning, everyone. How's everyone Hello, doing? Sir. It's Friday. What's up? Yes, yeah. sir. So, um, it's, it may, it, is it just me or does the, the end of the month card look a little like weak at the bottom? Like, okay, we got the Pena fight, the rematch and all that stuff. But like, do you still think there's enough time to like maybe bolster that card with one more fight? You know? So anyways, can't wait to hear what you guys think. Have a good morning, guys. Thank you, Mikey. Yeah, I mean, let me take a gander here at these, at these next two cards. Um, so 277, yeah, I mean, we got a story at the main event for sure. I love the Reyno Car France fight. That is a good one. Derek Lewis is on the card, so that's always fun. Tough matchup with Sergey Pavlovich. Pantoja, Alex Perez is a good fight. Uncle I.F., Anthony Smith is, there's a lot on the line in that fight. And then the undercard is, you know, Drew Dober, Rafael Alves will be fun. Justin Taffa until Mays. The, someone's probably going to sleep there. Alex Morono, Matthew Semmelsberger, that'll be fun. It's not like a lot of star power. Drakkar Close, now he's fighting Rafa Garcia. Confirmed that from multiple people this morning. Uh, first reported by the great Big Marcel. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, I think Alex Bunin reported that one. Uh, Gian Kim's now fighting Jocelyn Edwards, who reported that the other day because Maria Ag uh, Agapova has a knee injury. I mean, it's it's fine. Main card's pretty good. I mean, it's ankle eye of Anthony Smith is a big one because the winner of that fight probably will fight Jan Blachowicz next for a chance to fight for the belt. Pantoja Perez is fun. Derek, I mean, it's okay. It's fine. 278. I mean, 278 needs a lot more work, if we're being honest. Usman Edwards is the main event. I mean, you've got Paul Costa, Luke Rockhold. It's interesting. I'm not, like, fully confident that fight actually happens until they're actually in there. Aldo Marab is a good fight. And then we go to... Then we got Marcin Tabor, Alexander Romanov, and a very high Romanov. Then Sean Woodson, Luis Saldana... Arichi Lang, Jay Perrin, Jay, Tyson Pedro, Harry Hunsucker, Victor Alta. I mean, it's not a great card. If 
this is, I mean, Nate Diaz, these are the two cards Nate really wants to fight on. Either this one, July 30th, or on this card in Salt Lake City. And I would, if, if, if given the option, I'm putting Nick, Nate Diaz on this card on 278 because this one really needs it. Really needs it. Both could probably use it, but this one really needs it. I love Aldo Marab. Alexander Romanov, I'm glad he's back. Paul Costa, Luke Rockhold's interesting, but I'm again two guys who aren't the most reliable in terms of like pen to paper into the octagon. This thing's gonna need some help. So that's this is the card I put it on. And what happens? Like, I'm not saying I have no insights to this whatsoever, but what happens? Like, at least if like if something happens with Peña and Nunez. Like that sucks and that's brutal, but at least we still have Brandon Moreno, Kai Car France. Like, there's something, there's a title fight there. There's something at least to like about it, right? We could do that. But what if something happens with Usman or Edwards? Like, you got nothing. You got nothing. You got Costa Rockhold. Like, that's a like, that can't headline a pay per view. Although Marab can't headline a pay per view, as much as I like both of those fights if they actually happen. But I mean, Boy, I mean, this one really needs some help. Some competitive matchups, but like this is a like this is your August pay per view. This is a this is a pretty solid fight night lineup outside of the main event, right? So yeah, I think two seventy eight needs way more help than two seventy seven. Let's go to Oki Cowboy. Okie Cowboy, you're there. Make sure you're on mute. Okie Cowboy. I'm here. There we Sorry. go. What's up, Sorry man? about that. I was distracted. Hey, good morning. I was just uh, logged in listening to you guys. Um, I wanted to ask if you had any info about Colby Covington, any real info. Uh, I've got some people on Twitter I talked to, some real fight fans who know and follow stuff, you know, Cut out all the drama. What's going on with Colby Covington fighting soon or at all? Yeah, this has been a very popular question uh, over the last few days because especially with the, the Shabaya thing, because the, if, if you recall, after Jacksonville, Dana White had said, we're going to do an ABC card in July. We want to do Shamaya versus Colby, five-round main event. And everyone's like, ooh, that's really good. And now... There were a lot of rumors circulating about where that ABC card would take place. And there were a lot of conversations being had about maybe somewhere in Florida, like Tampa, Orlando. I didn't think Miami was in the running, but there were, there were talks about maybe having a fight night, fight night card in Florida and doing Covington Shamayev as the main event, which would have been awesome, by the way. And I will say this and reiterate this once again. I... There are, I still see this everywhere, and I don't know why. Oh, Colby's scared of Shabai if he would never take that fight. I, I'm telling you right now, he would have taken that fight in five seconds. He would have taken that fight in five seconds. The problem is he's in the middle of something that the UFC is just not going to be like, okay, you go fight. And the reason I say that is all you have to do is just go to the court documents, which are public. You go to the, you go and request them. They're public. You can go see what's going on with this whole thing with the allegations that Mazadal attacked him in Miami Beach. There's talks about brain injuries and things like that. And if you're the UFC and you're seeing that in a court document 
that there's allegations of brain injuries coming from this alleged attack from Ori Mazadal. There isn't a commission on planet Earth that is going to allow this man to fight anybody. Why? They're not going to risk any sort of licensing or anything like that. So as far as when I think he fights, I honestly, I have no idea. Like, I literally have no clue. Like, normally I can pinpoint these things, but this Mazadal trial is scheduled to start sometime in August. I'm trying to – I think we have the date. I've been pretty much on this thing from Jump Street. It's sometime in August. It's like the 16th or something like that. 16th, 17th. It's like the middle of August is when this trial is actually supposed to begin. So I think we're probably not gonna we're probably not gonna be talking about Colby fighting anybody until after the trial is over. And then even then, with the whole brain thing, I don't know. I honestly don't know. And as you know, like if you've been following my career for the last several years, I don't think there's a single human being on this planet who has done more interviews with Colby Covington than I have. From the days where he was coming into the UFC and before he's in the UFC to even fighting for titles. And like, I don't think anyone on this planet has done more interviews with Colby Covington than I have. And Colby and I have a pretty solid relationship. I'm fully aware that he's playing a character. I'm fully aware that he said some pretty awful things. I've told him this to his face and in interviews that he said some pretty rough things and given him the opportunity to sort of defend himself and how he promotes fights. Um, and if I text or call Colby, he either answers or texts back immediately. I have not talked to Colby since this whole incident happened. So I think I, the last time Colby was like, it was after he beat Mazadal. It was probably like five days after he beat Mazadal. And then I've hit him up a couple of times and haven't heard literally anything back from him. The last time I've actually seen Colby's face was when... It was part of the, the court structure. They were trying to set a trial date, maybe some sort of plea and figure it out. But it was on Zoom and Mazadal was there. Colby was also there. Uh, Colby didn't say anything. Mazadal, and I, I honestly have no idea. And until this whole thing's cleared up, I don't think, I don't think we're going to see Covington fight. So I would say earliest next year, maybe, would be my guess. But again, with all this going on, the legal mumbo jumbo, no idea. Let's go to Just Simply Rob. Then we'll go to Brian. Then we'll go to Brent. Hi, Just Simply Rob. Oop. All right. Try again, Just Simply Rob. Let's go to Brian Gross. Hey, What's Mike. Up, how are you? Two questions for you good. here. Uh, good to hear. Um, one, uh, for the Lauren... Uh, Lauren Murphy, Misha Tate. I don't know why I'm so fed up about this, but it just blows my mind that it's the first fight on a fight night when it's two former uh, a champion and a title contender who just had a title fight. When you have Karate Hottie, who is a great, is great. Uh, Watterson's great. Lamosh is great. But, I mean, the, the comparison of resumes, like, don't even stack up. That just blows my mind. And number two, the biggest one, where's my man Mike Davis? He's one of my favorite UFC fighters. I've been missing him so much. I am just waiting for that dude to explode. So I appreciate that, Mike. Thanks. Thanks, Brian. So the Tate Murphy thing, we have to remember that this fight was supposed to happen at 276. This is a late edition of the card, and this is just kind of where it got slotted in. 
Um, so that's that. Even though there's stakes here, but this is sort of the what can we put on first on this ABC card to kind of keep people in. Oh my God, that's that's Misha Tate. She was on Big Brother. So this is the classic. Let's hope we catch somebody flipping through the channels and we see somebody that sees Misha Tate and it was like, oh yeah, I just watched Celebrity Big Brother and she was on it and she won the whole damn thing. I'll stick around and watch this entire card because you and I and everybody else here, we're watching no matter what. We're all watching. UFC doesn't care care about us, but they really care about us because they know we're going to watch everything. But how do we how do we get that time slot and how do we set it up so that the channel surfer flips through and is like, her let's see what she's doing in a cage with another woman and they'll stick around and maybe watch the rest of the card mike davis is interesting one of my there's one interview that i did that never saw the light of day it was just kind of forgotten about but it is honestly one of the most fascinating interviews i've done since i came over to ma fighting it was with mike davis it was after he fought Mason Jones and got that victory. And that dude was just banged up heading into that fight. The amount of injuries that this man has suffered over the last two or three years is just, it's mind blowing. And apparently, I mean, he had some like really bad hand injuries. I think he had an arm injury. He had a whole bunch of injuries coming out of that Mason Jones. Like, like really bad injuries to the point where he probably shouldn't even have fought mason jones like he took that fight really injured and yeah i just think it's been a whole bunch of injuries and like the amount of injuries and what how far it set him back in terms of just activity has just been wild man and that interview just never got released and i don't know why i don't know why it never got released but it was a really fascinating one i think it's just really just a whole bunch of injuries just adding up and he just hasn't found a way to get back in there i know he's been booked a few times but it's just Guys had some really bad luck physically, really bad luck. So hopefully we see him back in there. I talked about Mike Davis the other day on this program, one half of the greatest contender series fight of all time, when Mike Davis fought Sadiq Yusuf. If you're bored, if you're a newer fan, if you have no idea what the contender series is, either way, highly recommend go on Fight Pass or wherever you could find this thing. Go find Sadiq Yusuf versus Mike Davis on the contender You will thank me later. Let's go to Brent. Brent, how are you? Yes, sir. I'm from Fort Worth, Texas. Been thinking about how a couple of the uh, most fun UFC divisions are in kind of transitionary periods right now. Uh, if you could take a magic two-year peek into the future in one division, what would it be? I think for me, it would be 170. Uh, thank you. Thanks, Brent. There's two that stand out to me just off the top of my head, and I think you can make compelling. You could probably make a excuse me a compelling case. Come on, English pal, compelling case uh, for all the divisions. I will say there's two that really stand out. One is not a surprise. One might be a little bit of a surprise. Probably not one that's going to come to the top of everybody's mind. I'll start with that one: the women's flyweight division. Two years from right now, I'm very curious to see what is going on there. Is Valentina Shevchenko still the, still the dominant champion? Where is Casey O'Neill in all of this? Where is Aaron Blanchfield in all of this? Has Manon Fioro fought for the belt yet? 
where's Jessica Andrade? Is she staying at 125? Is she going back to 115? I know she said that she plans to go back to 115, but who the hell knows? Where's Misha Tate in all of this? Does she stay at 25? And then, like, just all of these up and Macy Barber. Like, where are all these fighters? We have this, this new crop of 25ers that are going to make things real interesting. Like, they're not ready now, but they're on the road to being ready. And two years from right now, I'm curious to see how ready they are. The other one is 155. Good Lord. Especially with Fazeev and Sarukian and Matush Gamrot and some of the other, like, there, there are high-level 55ers that aren't even ranked right now. They're not even talking about right now. Like Claudio Pueyes. Like, we're not even talking about Claudio Pueyes right now. We're not even really talking about Grant Dawson right now. Like, two years from right now, where are all these guys going to be? Like, in my opinion, I think Armand Sarukian will be the UFC lightweight champion two years from right now. And I know Ahid's here, and I know he gave me a bunch of crap. I'm going to say this again, Ahid. You can say whatever you want in response. I have now because I watched it again last night, because it's so good. I have now watched the Gamrot Surukian fight six times. Six times in its entirety. Sometimes with the commentary on, sometimes with the commentary off. I've scored it for Surukian every single time. Initially, I scored it 49 for Surukian. The second watch, I scored it 48-47 Surukian. Third time, 48-47 Surukian. The last three times, 49-46 Surukian. Every single time. And I will say this, and Ahid, you can attack me all you want. I don't care. You can make it. There is more of a case for a 49-46 Sarukiyad than a 48-47 Gamrod, in my opinion. But that's neither here nor there. The fight rules. It's fantastic. And both of those guys are going to be fighting for titles. Rafael Fazee will be fighting for a title. 55 is the best division in the sport. I am fully on board that. And two years from right now, 55 will be by far the best division of the sport. There will be no other conversation. There'll be no other division that we're going to be talking about in such high regard. I think we'll be bantamweight's always fun and featherweight's going to look real cool in a couple of years, but feather, but lightweight is just going to be the bomb. It's always the bomb, but I think it's going to be even more so when we inject this, this new crop of talent. Cause I think Fazeev and Jalen Turner, I didn't even mention Jalen Turner, Fazeev, Sarukian, Gamrot, Jalen Turner, all these other guys at 55, that division is spectacular. It's so good. Let's go to Zeke. Hello, Zeke. Zeke, unmute. Oh, we lost him. Rel. Good morning, Rel. Heck of a morning, Mike. How you doing? I'm good. good. I'm good. So I want to um, <clears throat> I'm gonna get two, maybe three. First, who is your like? I heard you mention um the all time like title shot leaders and stuff. Who who is your like Mount Rushmore as far as you know? Basically UFC and stuff. Like I heard you mention DJ. Heard you mention Anderson. We know Khabib just retired. He gets thrown in there a lot. We all know John Jones. You know. So who do you think is um is the all-timer, or at least top four, top five, however you want to rank it. And then you said you said 155. I think I think you might be right. I can't. I I was I was gonna say 135 because I think I think Islam gonna have the belt, but then I maybe Charles might have the belt, but I don't know. I think that's a good one. I can't I can't uh I can't disagree. Have a good morning. Thank you, sir. Yeah, listen, 35 is great. I I, I say this all the time. 
I, I throw a pro wrestling comparison reference as, as much as possible. The Bantamweight division is like the intercontinental title. It's where it's not going to let you down. There's always going to be great fights. There's so much talent. The best fight on the card more times than not is going to come from that division. But the storyline is going to come from the, from 55. It's going to come from like, we'll watch an episode of raw. We'll be like, Holy crap, Bret Hart and Mr. Perfect for the intercontinental title was great. But at the end of the, at the end of the day, we're going to be like Hulk Hogan pose. And that's all we remember. Hulk one. And that's how I view the lightweight division. 35 is the, the Bantamweights. 35 is the Intercontinental title. 55 is like the world title in, in pro wrestling comparison, at least in my eyes. So uh, I love that division. The Mount Rushmore question, I don't know. They, But top of my head, it's Jones, Anderson, GSP. And then four is always tough. Habib is in the conversation. DJ's in the conversation. There's so, I mean, it's always a loaded question, but it's one of those questions that, like, I really want to spend a lot of time and, like, really dive into it from there. But we'll see. Let's go to Joga. Joga, are you there? Make sure you unmute if you are there. All right. Uh, try again. Patrick, you're up. There he is. Mike. Yo. Hey, buddy. Uh, Hey, Thank you for letting me get all that shit off my chest yesterday. I feel like uh, I sound like I listen back to myself and I'm like, I sound so dumb. I'm like stuttering. I'm so I respect what you do that you have to go back and listen to yourself and you actually sound coherent and know what you're going to say <laughs> and you have it ready to go. You're much uh, better at this than me, but. Uh, I feel like I could have gone on and on about this, but I'm feeling better after venting it. Um, so my one thing with Nate Diaz um, that hasn't come out of um, any of this news is like, what are the scenarios with the contract? What are the specific scenarios? Because if I understand it right, the UFC has to contractually um, offer three fights in a calendar year. Is that correct? Yeah. So it's supposed to be like, it's like three months or like three fights or every six months they have to offer him something. So, so they need to offer him something by, do we know the date that they have to offer him something by? Not really sure, but I mean, they could just say, they could just say, Hey, Connor's coming back back in February. We'll offer you the fight to fight Connor in February. And he could just be like, no, I'm not waiting that long. And he'd be like, well, we just offered you a fight. So, sorry, dude. Oh, so, but they, they can pick the date that the fight is into an uh, indefinite future? They can, I mean, it's clear what they're trying to do. They're trying to get the Connor Trilogy fight done well, before he leaves. Well, I know like, what they're trying to do, but I'm trying to say in the constructs of the contract, like, what is the minimums that, uh, like, there has to be time frames based on that when they offer the fights. Like, they can't say, we want you to fight Connor in three years from now and we're going to hold you so like what is the 
the latest date that um, they have to have him a fight by. I have no idea. Like, I don't know how the actual wording of the contract is, but if the UFC is like, yeah, we're just going to kind of ice you, but like our idea is you fight Connor first quarter of 2023 and then we'll let you go. And he could just be like, uh, no. And then it'll be like, well, just offered you a deal. We just offered you a fight. So tack it six months on, you know what I mean? So like, that's the game. I, I think they're trying to play here is that they really want to get this Connor fight done because the UFC is not dumb. They understand that. Connor, Nate has one fight left. Connor has, from all, from what I understand and from multiple reports, he has two fights left. So the UFC is just like, okay, if we lose both of these dudes, then we're not going to get the trilogy fight on our books. And Nate's probably thinking, hey, we'll do the trilogy fight, me and Connor, on our own, and we'll keep all the money. Yeah, and I think the, the UFC is avoiding that. I mean, I agree with that. That's what they should do. I would love to see that for them to make the most money and – uh, but have you seen the stuff on D Rod's Instagram about how he's been kind of positioning himself for that Nate Diaz fight? That's not a bad idea, dude. Uh, it's so, so hilarious. You should check out his Instagram, man. He's like doing the sparring thing where he's like leaning back, like Nate, and like swinging like wildly. Um, and yeah, he's just doing a bunch of kind of Nate Diaz kind of um, uh, mocking stuff, but uh. That that's my pick. You should just do it. Um, let the man go. And uh, the heel. I love the heel turn question. And I think the best one would be Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. <laughs> if he was cornering Weidman at the next fight and say like Weidman lost his fight, and it could be a double heel turn where Weidman's like, you know, what? I'm sick of this nice guy shit. I'm working down here in the gym with the the karate people and, you know, what does, it have, what does it have to show, you know, nice guys finish last. And then he's like, and I'm cheating on your sister. Oh, and dude. Th- then they're like, and they're, everyone's like, what, what? It's like this big reaction. Steven's in his corner. And then Valentina comes out and he's <laughs> cheating on on his, on Stephen Wonderboy Thompson's sister with Valentina. And then Ray Longo and Matt Sarah bust in and they're like, you're a scumbag. You're a scumbag, and they they grab Weidman by each arm, and then they make Stephen Wonderboy Thompson sweep his leg. Oh my gosh, Cobra Kai! <laughs> I gotta let you go, Patrick. That is amazing, and I can tell you've been thinking about this quite a bit. But I love that one. Can you imagine if like Weidman, like Weidman loses his next fight, and then Wonderboy is just like, "Oh, good job," and like shakes his hand, and then when Weidman like goes to like salute the crowd. Wonder Boy just comes over and just like kicks him in the knee. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. That's hilarious. All right, let's see if we get Joga in here. Try this again. There's a lot of people waiting to talk, and I like this. But I'm also a little overwhelmed because I don't know how much time we have. Joga, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Got you. What's up, man? Yeah, um, I was just I was reading over your your article about the pound for pound, and I've got a few questions about the women's pound for pound. Not Valentina okay. per se, but you've got. I was reading, and someone has Kayla Harrison as high as number two. Who is this person? 
Who is this enemy of progress? Who is this <laughs> fighting cans? And you go up to number two. What's going on? They must release. We must see this person so we know. Okay, this one doesn't know what he's talking about. Ah, <laughs> uh, there you, Joga. Yeah, I honestly, I will let I will let them reveal who that is. I will say uh, with complete clarity and complete confidence and complete realism that that was not I. I do have Kayla ranked. Let me see where I have her ranked. Let me pull up the uh, the old spreadsheet here. Where do I have Kayla ranked pound for pound? I have her number seven. I have Kayla number seven. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Because again, I am I am betting on I'm betting on the talent and the ceiling. Uh so yeah, I got I got Kayla number seven. I'm trying to see who has it. Okay. There's like actually there's multiple there's two people who have Kayla number two, by the way, Joga. Two people. Uh I am not one of those people. I have her number seven. But I understand the whole "quote unquote" can thing, but you fight who's in front, who is in front of you, and you treat them accordingly. And that's what Kayla's doing. She's undefeated. She's winning, and that's it. She could lose, and then she could be out of the top twenty altogether. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, Julio, good morning. Morning, Mike. The the shade. I, I was the first one on the call, and I'm getting picked until now. <laughs> Sorry, man. It, I you you're there, and then you get lost in the shuffle. It's it's all random. No, I understand. I'm just playing. So I'm amazed of how Dana White is underpaying the Nelk Boys. The Nelk Boys have like six million, seven million followers, and he can only give two hundred and fifty thousand dollars for their for their birthdays. <laughs> <laughs> it's a joke i'm just kidding but I know, I know. uh on a serious note i've always noticed that it, the mma seems to be a big sport or you know uh, following if you want to call it a sport and i always run into people including myself that say that they don't have friends or 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 co-workers that watch the sport but it seems to be like i said in the events, sold out a huge crowd. Like, why do you think that is? Like, are we just degenerates that are, that like the sport or MMA, or why does it seem like not too many people follow it when it seems otherwise? Do you get what I'm saying? I do, because um, there's people you can argue that, MMA, like, I remember in 2016. I remember 2016. I am, uh, I'm, I'm this lowly radio guy trying to make a name for himself in the MMA space and a real man who comes on my podcast at the time. Uh, and his name is Ariel Hawani and Hawani jumps on the show. We have a conversation like we, like we would have right now. And I asked him point blank, like, can the sport get bigger? Like, are we like, how much bigger can this get? And at the time they were on Fox and, the sale of the company and all this stuff was happening. We're like, man, like 
it could get bigger, but like, there's no way it could get much bigger than this. Like this is way bigger than we ever could have possibly thought that the sport would get. And then fast forward to, to right now and it's ESPN and all this, like everything that's happening right now. It, it's, it's a very, very big deal. And the amount of money that ESPN is putting into the promotion and making it sort of a flagship part of the ESPN plus subscription service. It's a very big deal. It's a very big deal. And you're right. You ask, if I go to the grocery store right now and I ask 25 people, as big as the sport is right now, and the amount of money the UFC is making and the, the gates that, the, that this company puts out, puts together, I went to the grocery store right now here in Hilton Head, South Carolina. And I said, hey, are you going to watch UFC Long Island tomorrow? 24 of those people are going to look at me like I have five heads and like four kneecaps. They're going to be like, what are you talking about? No, we're going to like go to the beach and go to the movies and play mini golf. What is this UFC stuff you're talking about? And that's just the way that it is right now. And that is exactly why we talked about this earlier. That is why we are seeing the Nelk boys. That is why we're seeing Barstool. That's why we're seeing some of these different social media conglomerates being at the forefront of UFC coverage because they are trying to find a way to get new eyeballs on the product. And now they got a lot of new eyeballs when the COVID-19 pandemic happened because they were the only thing going. And once people started understanding what it was and why their idiot friends who watch the MM watch the UA, why they're like, okay, I get it now. I understand why you're into this thing. I understand why you're so passionate about it. And it seems like almost in a way that that peaked, they got so many people but now they're kind of back to where they were in 2018, 2019, where it's like, how do we introduce new people to these sports, to the sport? Now we have full send and Barstool who are going to cover it in favor of the UFC. They're going to be very, very positive. Dana is going to do interviews with them because they're not going to ask Dana any hard questions. And that's fine. I'm not sitting here being a hater at all. This is what they should be doing. This is very smart on their part in order to get new fans on. So you use these platforms to get new fans on and then they will eventually graduate from that point. Like someone who got into MMA by watching a Robbie Fox interview with Dana White, if they continue to watch the sport three years from now, they're probably not going to be watching Robbie Fox interviews to prepare themselves for fights. They're going to be watching some of the stuff that we're doing. They're going to be watching the MMA hour twice a week. Like this is what you do. MMA, be, it starts as a first love and then you break up with the first love. And then eventually you find yourself, there's a certain fight or a fight card that becomes like the one you marry. And then from there, you're all in. You're sold. You're not missing a thing. You're not missing anything. And that's how the relationship with the sport is. Most people, especially like my age or who have watched it for a long time, you're not, like some people just got into it right away. Like some people go to high school and they marry their high school sweetheart and that's who they're with forever. And they're happy as a clam. Sometimes your high school sweetheart, you, you think you're going to marry her. You go off to college, you meet new people. And then five years later, you find them again and you marry them. Like that's how a lot of MMA fans are. Like I got into it. I was like, wow, this is awesome. And then I was like, I'm not going to watch it for a little while. And then Ken Shamrock comes over and fights Tito Ortiz at UFC 40. And I'm like, I'm buying that. I'm buying that. And then you kind of 
lose it again. And then the ultimate fighter comes on and you're like, who is this weirdo Diego Sanchez that's doing yoga? He's like Jean-Claude Van Damme in Bloodsport. He's doing splits on the top of a 45 foot balcony. Is it going to fall off? So I'm going to keep watching this. And then eventually you find something that just keeps you tied to the sport. And that's where we are. Like some people just don't get it. My mom thinks like this stuff's mom thinks it's pro wrestling. Oh, this ain't even real. And I'm like, it's real. And my dad felt kind of the same way. I took him to watch UFC 205. He was like, he got to see Connor not go to Eddie Alvarez. He was like, holy crap, people love this guy. And then we watched UFC 251. It was the first, it was the Fight Island pay-per-view. And we were watching the prelims. And my dad watched a guy get kicked in the nuts like five times in a row in the same fight. He goes, yep, this isn't fake. <laughs> and then he kind of, understood why I like it. It's not for him, but he understood why I liked it. And that's all that matters. Let's go to, all right, let's go to you, Steve. You're very active. A lot of waving. What you got, man? Oh, oh, you're here. Oh, what's up? What's, what's up, up, buddy? What's up? Dang, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh no, man. All right. All right. You can put me back. All right. Thank you, Steve. We will move on. Terrence. Hey, buddy. Hey, sorry, I'm meeting my my meeting um, at work. So <clears throat> I wanted to ask. I was going to also ask. Oh, it came back. Cool. I can ask. So, what, what does 135, the women's division, need to do in order to get back to its glory? It seems like the UFC has kind of like forgot about them, and a lot of like the 135 main events wind up turning to 145 because a lot of them become catchweight events. Um, and then the second one would be, who do you think in the swing of things, we were having a lot of people retire, a lot of women retire and things of that nature. Um, do you think Watterson or anyone else from like the original um, women's MMA batch retire soon? Um, and then the last question I have is who would win Kind of like going on when you talk to Faber about the, the WEC. No, it wasn't Faber, excuse me. It was, um, who was it again? Uh, Cup, thank you. Um, <clears throat> when you're talking to him about WEC card and bringing that to fruition, who would win if they did like a versus of like legacy fighting, LFA, like that's all that's one. And then you have Invicta. And then you also have, um, I can't think of the name, sorry. I'm drawing a blank. Um, the one that Ronda and Cyborg and all of them came up on. Um, who wouldn't win? Thank you. <laughs> I don't know why I can't think early in the morning. But, um, yeah, who do you think would win out of that? And do you think that would be something fun, even though we know, according to you and Jed, the USC never does anything fun? But who do you think would win? How do you think that would go over with the fans? Thank you. Yes, and, and Jed is not – and Jed and I are right. The UFC doesn't do anything fun, and this would be fun. Can you imagine that? Like once a year or like twice a year, they just – they have all these events to fill and rather than put on rather than put on like a listen, I'm not saying all fight night cards, but there's some bad fight night cards. Like, let's be honest. There's some really terrible fight night cards. We're all going to watch them and we're going to find the positives in all of them. But if you had a choice between watching one of these fight night cards and then watching like a WEC throwback show where we take some of the old WC fighters and we headline it with Uriah favor versus Cub Swanson or something that these fight, these guys are trying to build towards like, I would rather watch that. Use the blue cage, 
you do it in like a, a small arena, like like a lot of those old cards used to be held in, like that would be sick. And then you did like a strike force reunion show. Like Ronda Rousey and, and Gina Carano have been talking about maybe fighting each other sometime. I would rather see them like headline a strike force reunion show than a UFC card. Like there's like you see, that'd be perfect. That'd be perfect. I would love to see that. Do it a little in, Invicta throwback card, like one night, like Invicta's still cooking, but WC Strike Force and these other cards, like it'd be sick. That'd be so sick. A WC event, like a WC one night only event, like WWE did with, with ECW. Oh, golly. That'd be the balls, man. I would love that. Have some fun, UFC. Have some fun. Let's go to Justin. Justin, are you there? All right. Try again, Justin. Let's go to Max. Max, are you there? Oh. Hey, sorry about that, Mike. Oh, good. What's up, man? Yeah, so I'm uh, planning to go to the MSG card with my friend, and we're curious on who you think might be uh, headlighting that card. Oh, good question. I have no insight into this whatsoever. This oh man, this is tough. I would say... I would say, man, because I... I feel like they're going to try Stipe for that one. Like, that's what I would do. That would be, that would be the fight I would use to headline it. Cause John Jones has comes from New York. He's got a following in New York. Be a great place to, for him to return. Stipe would be a big fight. Like that, that would be the fight I would choose. There is that September 10th card there. I just don't see a world where, it's going to be Sterling versus Dillashaw as the main event of that card. I just don't see it, especially coming off of 278 where it's just not a great card. And 277 is, has some fun fights, but it's not great. Like 276 was loaded. 275 had some really fun fights. 277 is there. 278's kind of a bad pay-per-view card, if we're being honest. So maybe they try to do just Stipe on that September 10th card. I don't know, but that would be how I would do it. That'd be, that would be the fight I would use to headline. Now, if that doesn't work, Adesanya Pereira would be a good one because Pereira does now reside in Connecticut. It's not that far of a drive. You can get all the Tashira MMA boys down there. Put Adesanya on that card. That works. Um, yeah. The, the, those are probably the two things. Or you do Oliveira, you know what? Oliveira Makachev. Oliveira Makachev. That's what I'm going with. That's the one. I don't know what headlines Abu Dhabi. Maybe do the Yuri Prohashka go over to share a rematch on that card as the main event. But the correct, I'm going with Charles Oliveira is on Makachev. Joan Stipe, maybe they do get on that September card. Maybe they save it for Adesanya, Pereira, maybe in December. But yeah, I'll go with that. I'll I'll go with Oliver and Makachev. That'd be a very big deal if Makachev headlined MSG. It'd be a very big deal. 
a large contingency of, of, of like Russian MMA fans that are in New York. That'd be a, that'd be a very cool thing to, to watch. So yeah, I'll go with that one. I'll go with that one, but I, they're going to load that. They're going to load that card up. I'd love to see versus Raphael Faziv on that card as well. So that'd be fun. I have been waiting for this. I've been, we, we gotta do, we gotta do it. Cause I don't know how much time we have. Let's bring in our man Ahid. Yeah. He's the star of the ringer MMA show. And now he hops in here whenever he wants and thinks he can just, you know, when they don't take his calls, he hops in here. Is that, is that what it is? Ahid? No, no. Like I'm, I'm on here, you know, like they don't appreciate me properly. The rig MMA show, you know, Ariel, <laughs> Ariel kicks me off. So I've had enough of him. Like I'm, he does? Yes. Like, he just stops me, like, midway. Like, at first I thought it was funny, right? But then, like, you know, like, Ariel, anything you say against Ariel, like, that you don't agree with Ariel, like, you know, I criticized him on open scoring. He threw it. Like, anything, right? He just stops me. I was talking about Adesanya last time around. And, you know, Ariel's a bit of, like, a paradigm boy. Like, he just stopped me midway for no reason. It was wild. But anyway... <laughs> no, I'm on here, Mike. You always give me time, and I always appreciate it, Mike, even before these spaces. Yeah, I'm on here. I've, I've tried to get on every single time. It's just something's got in the way, but I've tried to be here. But wow. I'm back. We're happy. What, what is on your mind, my man? So much. Firstly, though, like... <laughs> Uh, let's let's just start with Mike. Okay, like forget Saruki and Gamble. I've I've got heat with you there. Why I've got heat with you is you're talking about the fight nights being bad. That is a horrible take. Don't you know that the greatest fight night in October is going to take place? Mackenzie Dern and Yan Xiaonan. How how poor of journalism that you don't you were talking about how you appreciate MMA, but clearly that is not the case. Disgusting. But, and I also want to give you heat. I want to give you heat for those, you and MMA fighting, for those trashy pound-for-pound rankings. I mean, in what world is Dustin Poirier still above Colby Covington? The last thing that Dustin Poirier did was getting choked out again in a title fight, again, right? And then before that, it was fighting a celebrity in Conor McGregor. It's no different to fighting Jake Paul at this point. Like... Um, I, what did Colby do? What did Colby do? Colby whooped Masvidal. So clearly there's a difference there. Like Dustin didn't want to fight Colby initially. So yeah, Colby should be above Poirier. This is so silly. And also, like the, the disrespect one championship gets. I've always said it. UFC is 1A. One championship is 1B. Adriana Moraes is 20, but Pitbull who just got by by the skill. I didn't even watch that fight, but apparently he just got by against McKee. It's like 10 places above. This is garbage. And Angela Lee doesn't even make the top 10. She's top five women's pound for pound. You've got Carlos Sparza, Caitlin Vieira. Like what the disrespect is crazy. But like, I also wanted to uh, comment on Alex Pereira's interview yesterday. Alex Pereira is such a breath of fresh air. He's so honest and so just to the point, you know, like he, he just, he just says things how they are. You know, he, he didn't get to watch cartoons because he was working in a garage and I really admire him. 
In contrast, Adesanya is a narcissistic, stinky breath. Like it's acts, it's like an odor that sends you to sleep. Like that, that sleeping gas, right? It's it's crazy. <laughs> this dude, like he he believes. I don't have a problem with the twenty leg kicks, the twenty twenty boring title defenses at all, at all, Mike. He can do. I actually admire him as a martial artist. He's very technical. What the problem with me is is he is so. He can never be in the wrong, Mike. Ever. It's always someone else's fault. For example, Colby Covington says something offensive to Usman back in 2020. Colby's a villain. Colby's disgusting. But Izzy's touching people's uh, backsides without consent. Like he's this dude is so such a. You know what I'm talking about, Mike? Like Costa, Vittori, and now he said he did it to Strickland. He's a freak. That that borders on harassment. Like, it's not just that. All like the boring fights. Uh, it's it's no. It's never his fault ever. Romero Cannonier. It is never his fault. Um, it, it's just a crazy thing to me how this guy and his last couple fights. No one's really been interested in him. So this is your headline for heck of a morning. Okay, if if Adesanya performs poorly um, against Pereira, win or lose, he should lose his rights to uh, main event. That's the thing. And lastly as well, UFC Sweden, Mike, um, Hamza Chimaev, Shavkat Rachmanov, number one contenders fight, undefeated, undefeated. Let's go. Damn. I would love to see that fight. I would love to see that fight. Man, a lot of people just harping, jumping on the pound for pound rankings. You want me to tell you? Let me tell you something. The biggest travesty, the biggest travesty from the ranking panel this month that the Bantamweight rankings and the only rankings that matter, the MA Fighting Global rankings, does not include Danny Sabatello. Does not include Danny Sabatello. Now, one, two, three, four, five. Half of, more than half of us were correct in ranking Danny Sabatello. But the other half did not. The other four, the other, the other three individuals did not rank him. And in fact, there's one panelist in particular who is going to come on the ranking show and attack us and give us crap for putting Daddy, Danny Sabatello in the rankings. Let me just tell you something. We were right. You are wrong. And that's the biggest travesty of this entire thing is that Danny Sabs, the Italian gangster, is not in the top 15, the only rankings that matter. That's not a here nor there. All right, Justin. We have you, Justin. Oh, for the love of God. He fell off. All right, I'm eeny meaning for two more, okay? Closing my eyes. I don't know where I'm going. I missed. Shit. All right, Emilio. No, I really did miss. That was really bad. I almost I almost stopped the whole space. What's up, Emilio? It's so beautiful, Mike. I've been waiting. What's up, buddy? I've been waiting. Patience. Patience is the key. Um, yeah, happy to be here, first of all. Uh, heck of a morning to you. And my God, is it a beautiful... It's going to be a fantastic weekend. It's, it's been a great week overall, you know, on, on the one hand, you know, because uh, USC Long Island, for as much maybe... People are kind of downplaying it and 
it's an okay card, blah, blah, blah. I'm super excited about it because it's one of the few cards that us Europeans or us, uh, the, the European audience, gets to enjoy on the like w- without having to stay awake until four in the morning or something like that. So I am really looking forward to that. Um, apart from that, uh, I'm, I mean, I'm a little bit surprised, I guess, that nobody has mentioned this, but I am also very excited because one of my favorite fighters, I, I don't even watch my, Muay Thai, but everybody knows the name Buakao. And that and this man just signed for BK, BKFC, which is kind of a shame because one of <laughs> one of my favorite things is watching Buakao just just shred and break bones and souls with uh with kicks and knees um it's 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 a beautiful thing to see um but i guess you know at the end of the day i don't really care because i just like to i just like to see this man get in a fighting environment and just throw down doesn't matter if it's muay thai if it's kickboxing if it's bkfc if it's boxing whatever um yeah i'm just I'm just excited as hell about that. I I don't know if you I mean Am I am I am I being a little bit naive assuming uh, that maybe you don't know about him? I don't know. Like I don't want to I don't want to disrespect your uh, <laughs> your uh fighting knowledge, but yeah, I don't know. I just wanted to hear your thoughts on that. Um, you know, Boakhouse addition to the BKFC roster. Um I think it's awesome. And can't wait for the weekend and i wish you also a a great weekend uh have a good one mike thanks again thanks buddy yeah the the bukov signing was it's just one of those ones that my reaction to it was huh like really hold on one second i'm trying to figure something out trying to book a big interview while I'm doing this show at the same time. Okay, there we go. Uh, it was just one of those like weird ones. It's like, huh, okay. It's exciting. And you're just like, wow, this guy might actually murder somebody <laughs> in the ring. But there's just a, there's just kind of a weird one. Like it was one of those ones that if you were like, hey, Mike, write down a list of 10,000 people you think BKFC is going to sign this year. Buka would not even make my list. Because I just didn't think it was possible. But here we are. It'll be really interesting. Curious to see when he'll actually fight and who he'll actually fight. But yeah, it's it's pretty cool. And I love the Long Island card. And I and I would uh hold on one second. Sorry. The, I, I like I would be I would enjoy these fight night lineups more if we had earlier start times. There's nothing worse than seeing some of these fight night cards and they're 15 fights and the prelims start at 7 p.m. Eastern. And you're like, are you shitting me right now? And we have a six fight main card. And we're watching these fights to like 3 a.m. And then it's the week before a pay-per-view, which does the same thing. And like, listen, I'm not I'm not trying to like complain. I love my job and I love that, but you know, come on now. 
We could, we could do this once in a while. It's okay to cater to different audiences, cater to the European time slot, cater to the East Coast time slot every once in a while. I actually would love to see the UFC pop off a Friday night card once in a while, pop off a Sunday night card once in a while, do a Thursday one, like a rare Thursday one. Like, let's mix it up. That's like the one thing that I wish the UFC would do better is that it's just like, it's so vanilla sometimes. Like all the walkouts are the same for the most part. It's the times are all the same. Like everything is the same every time. And it's just frustrating. Like, especially like with the fighters not being able to show their personalities and shine a little bit. Like some of these entrances are frowned upon. Like, come on, man. Like, let's mix things up a little bit. It doesn't always have to be Saturday at 10 p.m. Eastern. Like, let's mix it up. You know, a little Friday, a little Friday action. A little Friday action. That October card in Boston was on a Friday, and it was excellent. It was excellent when that happened. Once in a while, they pop off a Sunday card. Like, that's great. That's great. All right, we're going to do one more, and then I got to get out of here. There's so much going on. This is why... All right, who do I got? Who do I got? Who do I got? I missed again. All right, Zeke, you got you you get the duke here. I'm screenshotting this for for Tuesday show and seeing who is on the list left behind and you guys will go first next week. Zeke, are you there? I Ooh, we got winner. him. What's up, buddy? I have such an issue the first time I get in here. I'm stupid. I get to kick uh End this off. Heck of a morning, everybody. I will be short and sweet because there's a couple. Can you hear me, Mike? Yeah, I got you. I got oh, you. Okay, my fault. Um, yeah, so I'll be short and sweet. There's a couple comments uh, you guys made throughout the show that I want to get to and maybe, you know, get your opinion on. Uh, first things first, Kobe Covington. I mean, I'm not going to lie. He's my favorite fighter. I'm going to, you know, probably go on and on about him. However, it's just such a tough situation. Like, do I think he's ducking Hamzat? No, but I feel like this court case is definitely helping him to not having to deal with that challenge yet and maybe have to fight that fight down the line for, you know, a solidified number one contender's bout or even, you know, maybe a belt if Hamzat does get to Uzlan first. However, my question to you in that welterweight division is how many fights do you think do we have left with Uzman? Like you see Uzman barking at the bid, calling out Canelo, trying to get as many, uh, you know, M's or zeros as he can get before he leaves the UFC and kind of, you know, make that star power last for as long as he can as he does take care of his uh, – you know, daughter and family and whatever else Mr. Camaro has lined up and planned. My question to you is, do you think he's that good of a commentator? Or do you think he's just sitting there next to Henry Cejudo? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's pretty easy to look good behind the mic when Henry Cejudo's out there, you know, butchering names up and down. That was a joke. Camaro obviously knows what he's talking about on the couch. And I love when they do that whole, you know, four setup with uh, Khabib and Chael and they bring in another guy and they just kind of shoot it. I think that's, you know, some real raw uh, media coverage that uh, the UFC and I guess you could say uh, Eagle FC provides. Uh, and then going in, I don't really want to go into this weekend. I want to go into this uh, Alex Pereira, Israel Adesanya matchup that hopefully it looks like Madison Square Garden will be hosting. I'm not 100% sure. It just looks like, uh, you know, that's the little hype beast in the Twitter world right now. What do you think happens to the lead up of that fight? And while they have those press conferences, do you think Adesanya versus Pereira isn't going to catch as much steam because of Pereira not being, you know, as bilingual as he could be? What are uh, what are your thoughts on maybe that possibly, you know, conflicting 
the numbers that that fight should inevitably do because, in my opinion, it's definitely Izzy's toughest task. We've seen what Pereira's hands are made of. They're literal stone, glass, granite. I don't even know what those hands are made of. So, yeah, I'm excited to see that. And, I mean, obviously you went into Kobe before, but to wrap it up, your look ahead to Izzy and uh, Pereira and maybe, you know, what's Kobe's next uh, fight? What do you think? You know, I, it's definitely tough. I know you mentioned the lawsuit, but, yeah, thank you for everything you do, Mike, and uh, have a heck of a Friday, my man. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, Colby, Colby's just got a, one of those names that, like, if you listen on to the next one, we ban certain names from on to the next one because it's just, like, when Kevin Holland was going on that run in, like, 2020, Kevin Holland was, like, banned from on to the next one because booking him a specific matchup, trying to find, like, a specific time frame was, like, impossible to do because he was fighting, like, every two weeks. So he had, like, a, a, a slight ban from, from on to the next one. And I kind of feel like Colby's in that boat right now because – there's just so many unknowns. We like honestly, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Because the Shemayev is the grass. That is the fight, and it's just a matter of when it can happen and if it can happen. So, I don't know. Adesanya prayer. I think. I think. I think the UFC will really put the promotional push behind the fight by telling the story, by getting the kickboxing footage, and just really telling the story that way. And unfortunately, this might be a kind of a rough promotional stretch for Adesanya because I feel like Adesanya's done a nice job of trying to sort of prevent that seed of being planted. And a lot of like casual fans who just look at apology or look at the records are just going to be like, oh yeah, Adesanya lost to this guy twice. But in reality, if you go back and watch those two fights, I, it, like, I've watched the first kickboxing match a few times. Adesanya won that fight, in my opinion. Every time I've watched it, the second one, I thought Adesanya was winning until he got knocked out until he got clobbered. He got caught. And that's what happens in fighting. Sometimes, sometimes you're winning until you're not winning anymore. And I feel like that's what happened there. And I feel like the UFC is going to show. They're not going to tell the whole story. They're just going to show the image of Pereira knocking out Israel Adesanya over and over and over and over again uh, to help build this fight. So as long as Adesanya is aware of that, it could be fine with that. That's the best way to for the UFC to promote this fight, especially to a casual audience. So, yeah, I think that's how they'll do it. And trust me when I tell you, since UFC 276 fight week, people are very interested in Alex Pereira. They are. They want to hear what he has to say. They want to read what he has to say. Pereira has been somebody who's generated of interest since media day of UFC 276. People want to know about this guy. They want to know more about him. He has done something without really having to do much. All he's done is fight, and people care. And that's good. Not a lot of people can pull that off. So, all right, I got to get out of here. Uh, there's a lot going on. We got the preview show coming up. I believe it's at 3 p.m. Eastern. Maybe we'll roll sooner. I don't know. We'll figure that all out. But we'll let you know right here on MAFighting.com. If we didn't get to you today, I apologize. We'll get to you on Tuesday. This is a very busy show. These free-for-all Fridays get a little cray-cray. And I appreciate everybody hopping on and listening after the fact on the MMA Fighting Podcasting Network. Guys, preview show. We'll have the People's Pre-Fight Show, 10.30 a.m. Eastern tomorrow on the YouTube page. We will have our post-fight show after UFC Long Island. We will have on to the next one on Sunday. I think AK and I are going to go live for that one because we owe you one. So we're going to try to maybe do it live on Sunday. 
We appreciate it. So, as always, have a great Friday. And have a heck of a morning, ladies and gentlemen. You are the best. You're much appreciated. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible. Eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.